Hello and welcome to Silencing Women in the Name of God. I'm Devery Alice. Today you've got me again. It is a solo episode, which I've been feeling for some time that needed to happen, and I've been putting it off and putting it off. And then I apparently the universe was like, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, we will be doing a solo episode because I finally ran out of episodes. Uh, I have three scheduled to record next week, but that does me very little good right now. So here we are in the scenario that I knew I needed to be in and was avoiding solo episode from me. Uh, hopefully it will be excellent and worth your time. What I want to talk to you about today, that didn't make any sense. What I would like to talk about today is women who have come out of the church and who do not know who they are anymore and do not know how to find themselves, how to identify what they like and don't like, how to identify what selfishness is and isn't. And hopefully I will have some answers for you today based on my experience and based on the experiences of a lot of women that I talk to. Sit back, enjoy. So here we are. Now the challenge for today is can Devry not talk in circles? It's so hard to just talk to a screen and not talk in circles. Let's do this thing. I think that women coming out of religious systems have been programmed, indoctrinated with what a woman looks like, what a woman should be, because it's not just about being a woman, right? It's about being a godly woman and what that means. Things like gentle and soft-spoken, humble, sacrificing, supporting, virtuous, loving, peacemaker, all of these things that we have not only been taught as a good thing to be, but been taught as a requirement to be, and above that, higher than that, been taught that we need to burn out and destroy all that we are so that we can supplant this subset of things that we need to be. We need to destroy that which is, to add something which has been created by another person and decided that it was worthy. And that is who we are to become. And when we get this messaging, we are too young to really know the difference. I think that subconsciously we know the difference, right? It's why we act out. It's why we kick back. It's why we fight it. It's why our bodies respond with things like anger and shame and and um, resentment, right? Because everything in us is saying, this isn't right. This is not who you are. Stop silencing me. I want to be heard. 
but we're too young to fully understand why that's happening. And we certainly don't have the capacity to understand the long-term effects of adopting what we're being asked to adopt. So we do because the short-term effects of not doing that are not good for a child, right? We're punished, we're shamed, um, we're told that we're less than, we're compared to others who are, you know, correct in quotations. Um, And so we take that on as a matter of survival because we need the adults to love us. We need the adults to care for us. So we say, you know, some some of us say it very easily. Some of us experience more resistance, but we adopt and we start to do these things. We start to become this person that we are supposed to be. The problem with this is that we have lost ourselves by the time we by the time we figure out what's happening and either within or without of the church structures decide to become true to ourselves, we have lost ourselves so completely that we do not know who we are without the religious structures that have been propping up the shell of us. We have no idea at that point how to find the origin that we actually entered this world with. I know a lot of people are going to have a lot of different feelings on whether, you know, we come in with a a soul, whether we have a soul or not, like how developed we are at the beginning. I personally, I personally think that we came in as a soul and a soul that is at varying stages of development. Um, I guess I should just be more clear with what the hell I just meant with that. Um, I personally am in the reincarnation camp. I know that everyone isn't, and that's fine. But if you look at kids, this is fascinating to me. If you look at little kids, they have personalities from day one. Like, and it sticks with them. Like, my son... From the moment that kid came out, stubborn as a mule, stubborn, hard-headed, bright, um, independent, like that was just who he was. My daughter came in much softer, and not just because she was a female, but because she is like, she doesn't... She's not the type of personality that will like run into a fence five times to see if it'll open on the sixth attempt. My son is, okay? <laughs> My daughter developed some people-pleasing habits because she lived with an emotionally unstable mother. Uh, and I have worked really hard to repair that damage over the past few years. Um, but like she, she, that is not her personality. She doesn't run straight at things to see if she can just bulldoze everything out of her way, right? That wasn't developed, that wasn't learned, that just was. So um, I feel like I can make the argument, whether you are an atheist or not, that we come in somewhat developed. So when we you know, detach ourselves from these religious structures that have been propping us up, all of the sudden we're left not remembering who we were, not remembering how to access who we were, and in addition to that, trying to untangle and sort out the jumbled mess that is, do I think and believe this because I was told to? 
So, I know that I've talked somewhat about these things in other episodes. I just have no idea which ones and where and how much. Uh, so, if, if some of this sounds familiar, I'm totally not surprised. But uh, let's see, let's see what we can do here. I was, oh, guys, I can't remember if I was talking to someone <laughs> or if someone was telling me a story of someone that they were talking to. I think it may have been the second option there. But it, you know, it. This woman was like, I, I literally don't know how to make a choice. My whole life, I have made my choices based on what other people need me to do. So, you know, if I need to go to a church event, I go to the church event. If my husband needs something, I do that thing for my husband. If my kids need something, I do that thing for my kids. Like, I don't know what I like, what I don't like. I don't know how to make a choice, and I don't know where to go from here. So my advice would have been, you know, step one, take a day and go by yourself. And I do mean completely by yourself to do all the things for the day so that you not only are forced to make choices, but that there is no one else that you have to worry and stress about while making these choices. Um, And I suggested this because this is like beginner stage level one, right? So I was like, you need to go out to breakfast by yourself. Pick exactly what you want to eat off the menu. Choose the restaurant by yourself. Go to a movie by yourself, which by the way, if you have not done that, if you guys haven't heard me talk about this, going to a movie by myself is one of my favorite things to do in all the world. It's amazing. Go to a movie by yourself so that you can walk in and be like, what do I want to watch? What snack do I want to have? And then you can sit in the movie theater and not worry about whether the person next to you likes it or doesn't. Doesn't matter. Then you can go shopping and you can pick out something that you like without turning to another person and saying, hey, what do you think of this? Like, do you like this? Because we have been taught as women that we are not to be trusted and we need to get other people's opinion. Within the religious settings, 100%, that's that's how we've been taught. Um, oftentimes that is to look towards a man, um, but, it, you know, we, we kind of lose the ability to trust ourselves. And so then we just ask whoever's around. Um, but no, may, take all day, force yourself to make choices so that you can start to at least learn your preferences. Like, who are you? What do you want? What do you like? Do you want the purple sweater or the pink sweater? Like, which one do you want? Not which one does your friend think is, is nicer looking. Anyway, the, the level one importance of not having anyone else there is so that it's just, it eases the temptation and forces you into the uncomfortable spot of looking in. Now, why is this important? What I have noticed, and it breaks my heart, um, hmm, it's funny when looking back in hindsight, I think I was subconsciously aware of this pattern because I would, I would get really angry sometimes listening to people talk about another person's, particularly a woman's, beautiful attributes. So I might hear someone say, you know, this, this person, I don't know, we're just going to give her name, Sue. So Sue is so amazing. She's such a great mother because 
It doesn't matter what she wants. It doesn't matter how tired she is. She gets up and she does what she needs to do for her children. And she just goes above and beyond. Those kids have everything they need. They want for nothing. She makes them, blah, blah. I'm, I'm going deeper than they usually do. But, but you know, it doesn't matter how sick she is. She is always there for her kids. As, you know, her husband, she was always there to support me. She always stood by me. She always lifted me up on and on and on and on. And I would, I would feel, I would feel so bad at how mad I would get because I was like, they're saying perfectly nice things about someone that they love. Like what is bothering you here? Standing where I am now, I'm like, oh, it's because what I was picking up on and didn't have the language or the knowledge around this to really understand was all that they were praising was all the ways that the woman had completely killed herself off and sacrificed everything about her, any of her needs, in order to make other people happy. And that was not only the height of her value, but that was the only value that she held. And this is so completely unacceptable. We are all glorious, phenomenal, amazing souls that have each come to express our unique expression into this world. We have all come to be gifts, to be lights, to be powerhouses, to be beauty, to be love, to be all of these things. We came here to be. And instead of that being not only encouraged and being silenced, it has been decimated. And in its place, we have substituted in gentle, self-spoken, humble, sacrificing, supporting, virtuous, loving, peacemaker. Now, anytime I talk about this thing, like even anywhere close to this thing at all, with women who are struggling in this area, immediately the same question comes up is, well, I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be self-centered. You know, I, I, this, and listen, here's, here's my response to this. If you are even asking the question, what if I'm selfish? I can almost guarantee that you will not ever actually be selfish. Will you have moments of selfishness? Oh, for sure, you're, it's, you're on a learning curve here. But you are going to continue to ask this question and you should continue to ask this question because self-evaluation is important. Now, okay, I'm gonna go self-evaluation 101 because I think this is really critical in, in finding ourselves and in undoing this messaging and unearthing who we are. And I do know for certain I've talked about this before. So if you've listened to my solo episode forever a million years ago, apologies. I had, I had no idea who I was. I didn't know what I actually thought about a lot of things because in addition to the list I've read several times, uh, we're also taught what we feel about, you know, politics. We've been taught what we feel about LGBTQ. We've been taught how we have been just told, right? This is right and this is wrong and this is black and this is white. And so I was like, I don't even know. I, I don't, 
why do I think it's wrong to have sex before marriage? Is it actually wrong to have sex before marriage? Why am I scared of, you know, all of these things that I had to really sit and walk through and be like, no, I don't think that sex is wrong before marriage. I've been taught to think that. Um, And I had to do this with every single thing in my life, from the decor in my house to the relationships in my life, like everything. It didn't matter. Um, Career, like I questioned everything. Um, This self-evaluation is really helpful as well because it really assists in figuring out when you're at fault and when you're not, which is also very, very difficult coming out of religion because we have really been taught that we are the cause of the problem. We said something we shouldn't have. We offended something. If only we could have been smaller and quieter and nicer and kinder, wouldn't have been a problem instead of of recognizing that we also have thoughts and feelings and that sometimes things are wrong and not okay. So I just had a situation this week where there was a huge misunderstanding uh, with my family. They had invited me to an event and I said, no, like I'm not going to do that. And that was me respecting myself because they were going camping. And listen, camping is not your girl's thing, especially when we're camping in another state where I have to then drive like 10 hours to get to the camping. Like it's not my jam. It's not my jam. And on top of that, I am on a deadline for the book that I'm writing It was not a good time for me. All it was going to do was cause stress and anxiety. So the first thing that I had to do was buck out of this belief system of like, but it's family and family means I drop everything to do family because in the Mormon religion, that is what I was taught. I was taught to set aside any of my own needs, any of my own desires, and to completely destroy myself in order to show up for the family. Um, And my argument is if I'm completely destroyed, I can't show up when I actually need to show up and when someone actually needs me. So, so the first thing I did was honor myself and say, you know what, I'm not going. Like, I, this is not my thing. But what I didn't do is inform my daughter of this trip, who is 17 years old, and uh, actually, apparently, now I know, really wanted to visit Wyoming, which was where this camping trip was taking place. Uh, because I had said I didn't go, My brother reached out to her because she's been working for my brother and said, hey, can you cover and work this day? He didn't say why, because I'm sure he assumed that she knew why. Uh, You know, can you cover this day? She said yes. And then later realized, oh, I'm covering so that they can go to this trip, which means now I cannot go on this trip. And she's upset. And... I, as her mom, like I went into mama bear mode for a minute and I got really kind of crabby about like, yeah, why, like, why would they take advantage of her? Like, this is so embarrassing. Why would they take advantage of her like that and ask her like, because that meant that she couldn't go and like, why didn't they ask if she was going? And I, because I have learned these skill sets over the last four years of always stop and question what's going on underneath, I was able to be like, wait a second, is it actually their problem or is this my problem? And I'm like, oh, well, no, this is this my pro- this is my fucking problem. I she's my daughter. I should have thought enough about her to be like, hey, we received this invite. Your dad and I are not going, but would you like to go and I'll see if I can find you a ride with one of the other family members? Um, that was my job and that was my responsibility. Just because she's within my family unit and the invitation was extended to one member of the family unit. Um, 
and I'm being mad at these other people, or I wasn't mad, I was being irritated, for something that was a completely, like, of course they assumed that she knew about this thing. Like, why would they not do that? But just learning to evaluate will keep you in the safety zone. It will keep you most of the time, you'll make mistakes, but it'll keep you from swinging into selfishness, from, you know, ego. It'll swing, it'll, it'll keep you from those boundaries of places that not necessarily are like good or bad or right or wrong, but just not healthy places that we want to live in, right? Like I could have been seriously furious at my brother for something that was really my responsibility. Um, and I could have also not decided what I needed and gone on a trip and been resentful and angry. So like I questioned both times, one swung my way, <laughs> one I had to correct myself a little bit. But the point of this story is, if you are even worried and questioning about being selfish, about being cruel, about like falling into this trap, first of all, you've been taught that that's something to fear, but also you're conscientious enough that I don't think you need to worry about it. So just learn to question things. What do I want? What do I think? Who am I? I cannot believe, I cannot believe that if, 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 if we hold any belief system of a higher power and some of you don't, and that's totally okay. Just understand that I am saying <laughs> that what I, what I say next does not apply. Um, but unless you are atheist, right? I cannot believe that we, any of us, any of us would come into this world as partially formed little personalities and individuals and that the goal would be to delete everything and turn us into Ottomans. Like, I just, it is absurd. I don't care what definition of God you have. If it, it just, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. Like, we are here to express that which we are. And if we have forgotten who we are, and I, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if we've forgotten who we are because someone helped us to forget because we did it to ourselves, quote unquote, it doesn't matter. If we have forgotten who we are, our job is to find them again. And to find not only what you like and don't like as far as sweater color and breakfast foods, but more importantly, to find what note it is that you are singing in this massive collective called earth. We can't sing this song without you. We can't become what we are becoming. We can't grow. We cannot express love if all of the notes around this planet are in dissonance and out of harmony with itself. We need you. We need your voice. Your family needs your voice. They need your note. They need your song. They need your resonance. They need all that you are. And more importantly than that, more importantly than that, you need that. Because when you start to sing the song that you are, when you start to feel that note going through your body that is true to you, that is authentic to you, that is you, you will feel 
a happiness and a love and a joy that you did not know was possible. I experienced this firsthand. I have felt emotions in my body that were so beautiful. I did not know they were a thing. (laughs) I didn't know they existed. And most importantly, when I feel those emotions, gratitude, awe, love, joy, it has been the most extreme and the most overwhelming when I'm feeling those feelings in regards to myself. I think part of the reason that it's so amazing and overwhelming for me when this happens is because I struggled with self-love desperately. Struggled isn't a right word. I didn't understand self-love at all, and I lived firmly in self-loathing. So to feel the joy and love of what I'm going to call source, um, of what I'm going to call my higher self, you may call God, whatever resonates with you. When I feel that directed at myself, it is not only foreign, so it is shocking in the best way possible when it happens. But more than that, there is an authentic trueness that I feel and I know in my body, unlike anything I have ever felt before. And the beautiful thing about this, because even just as I was saying that, I can see and I can recognize the similarities to what I just said to um, any religious platform where we're talking about faith in God. But the difference here is that this feeling This feeling of awe and love and beauty and grace towards myself does not require anything of me other than to just be. It is a love of who I am, of what I am, on a base level soul origin existence. It is wonder and it is magic and this is not just for me. All of us can feel this way because we are all the same in that regard. We are all one. We are all magic and stardust and God inside a human body. And what I would love more than anything in this world is to see all of these women that I have worked with, that I have talked to, to see all of the women listening realize exactly who they are and to feel the depth and size of who they are rock through their being in such a way that they can never ever deny it again and that they will stand up and be like wait a second I am not this small thing I am this And I am beautiful and I am enormous and powerful and unstoppable. And I will no longer live in this altered shadow of what someone else said I should be ever, ever again. And I don't care how long it takes and I don't care how hard it is. I'm going to clear out all of this junk and all of this messaging so that I can unearth This reality of me that I am feeling right now in my body, I'm going to unearth that. I am going to find her 
And together we are going to sing the song that is only mine and we are going to shake this world in the best, most amazing way possible. And I cannot wait to figure out who I am because this person, this thing, this soul that I feel inside is not killable. She cannot be destroyed. She will not be altered because she doesn't need to be. She is perfect exactly the way that she is. She is lovable exactly the way that she is. And she is worthy of everything. That is my wish for you guys today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider taking the time to like, rate, review, and share. Let's make sure that when someone clicks on this podcast, that our voices are the loudest. Love you all. There once was a woman who lost her way. She wandered through thickets and thorns. They told her her pain was not but the price of finding her soul again. Silent, she was silent, but she'll carry her pain no more. Silent, she was silent, but she'll carry.